The Closing Time Podcast is back, sponsored by Rocky Hill Accountants. I'm Joe Aguirre. I'll have a brand new co-host, Sanam Salati, who's my broker, my mentor, and my good friend, and one of the most knowledgeable people in Connecticut in the entire real estate industry. We're going to be talking about the latest goings-on. We'll keep you up to date on the market, and we're going to bring on some really great guests all throughout this season, people in all different fields in the industry, like accountants, home inspectors, mortgage reps, and so much more just to give you a better understanding of the Connecticut real estate market. We're so excited for a brand new season of the Closing Time Podcast, part of the CMG Podcast Network. It's sponsored by Rocky Hill Accountants. Go see Heidi and Glenn Parchman to file your taxes for bookkeeping, business advice, real estate investments, or whatever your accounting needs are, including cryptocurrency. Just visit RockyHillAccountants.com. We'll see you all season long on the Closing Time Podcast. Uh, my brain's saying go Whitaker, my heart's saying go Gaslam, so I'm going to go Gaslam. You're, I got to tell you, your words confuse me. I'm standing there with the bat, and then here comes this Bugs Bunny pitch. Oh, <laughs> I like it because he he's he he's makes some sense right until like the last four or five seconds, <laughs> and then everything everything goes different than what he just said, and a different name comes out of his mouth. Throwing jabs available for download on your favorite podcast platform. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Drawing About the G-Men, the Giants football podcast. I'm your host, as always, Big Jace, joined by Joe Guire, Sean Scanlon, and King Zay. And today we're going to talk about the QBs coming out next week in the draft. But we have a little bit of breaking news. Former Giant Wayne Gallman has signed with the San Francisco 49ers. Sean, you were on the Wayne train all year. How, how do you feel about this? Uh, I didn't even, yeah, I didn't know that till now, but uh, I think that's a good signing for him. Obviously, the Niners are a run-heavy team, and we know that Wayne Gallman is more of a ground-and-pound type of guy. So I think that he'll fit pretty good in Kyle Shanahan's offense, and uh, I, I'm happy for Wayne that he, you know, found a spot where I, I think that, you know, he'll be able to compete for a starting job. You know, I, Raheem Mostert is a really good running back, but he's, you know, struggled with uh, staying healthy. So, and Tevin Coleman's gone from the Niners. So I, I think that, you know, he can get some playing time and uh, I'm happy for Wayne. Uh, the, the Wayne train rolls on in San Francisco. <laughs> now, Joe, before the show, we were talking and you said that Devontae, Bo- you like Devontae Booker. So you're not that mad about Wayne Gallman going. You know, I mean, Sean's a much bigger Wayne Gallman fan than I am. <laughs> and I think Isaiah made it also clear before the show that uh, he really liked what Goldman did. And 
again, I don't I don't hate Wayne Goleman. I just don't feel like he's a suitable backup to what the Giants need. He just doesn't seem to fit right in that. It's clear when he's in the game, you're kind of plugging a guy in as opposed to uh, a guy who, you know, again, he's not a he's not a good fill-in for Saquon. I mean, you know, maybe more of a complimentary piece, but when he had to be the main guy, it didn't work. I think Devontae Booker's skill set is a better compliment to Saquon Barkley. And if Saquon gets hurt, or if he needs a breather, I think Devontae Booker is a better running back. Oh, you don't think Wayne Gallen was su- successful last year when he stepped in? Sean, I was thinking the same thing. I don't know how he could. Doesn't, doesn't just never, he's just never blown me away. No, I, I don't know. He just doesn't do it for me. I like Wayne Gallman. Believe me. For the first time in how many years we actually looked like we had a run game last yeah, year I, with Wayne Gallman? What was yeah, the thing? I think if the Giants ran for like over 100 yards in like five or six straight games right when Saquon went down and Wayne Goleman filled in. And we actually had a, a good running game with, with him there. So I don't like – I just don't like not, watching him run. Not to mention he's a good catching back out of the backfield. I think he was – I think he's a good big piece for San Fran. I, I find him to be underwhelming. I mean, uh, maybe. I mean I, I'm not as critical of Wayne. I like Wayne Goleman a lot. I, I do think Devontae Booker will be okay. And – yeah, he did bring a lot to the table, but I mean, really, if you go back and you look at those games where the that streak that the Giants had rushing over 100 yards, it was when they were giving Alfred Morris the ball a little bit more than we not a little bit more than we gum a little bit more than what they had done when they weren't rushing for over 100 yards. Alfred Morris, I think, was the key to that success more so than Wayne Gallman. <laughs> was he cut like two weeks later? No. I don't even think he stayed on the team to the end of the year. Are you kidding? Uh, yeah, I don't agree. With, uh, Alfred Morris had a couple of rushing touchdowns, but I don't think he he was the key part of that. If you look, at, if you go back and look at the numbers, Wayne Gallman had the bulk of the carries, and you know he was close well, to 100 yards every week. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll pull the numbers up right now and take a look. Well, we could talk you about it. it. I remember Alfred Morris. He had two rushing touchdowns in one game, so he, he contributed there. But I he just did not. He didn't get that right. many carries every game. So. So here we go. After Barkley goes down, the next game, Jones, the leading rusher with 49. Week after that against the Rams, Gallman, 45. Week after that, Freeman with 60. Week after that, Jones, 74. Jones, 92. Gallman, 44 against Tampa. 68 against Washington. Jones, the leading rusher against Philadelphia with 64. Uh, Cincinnati, Goldman, 94 against Seattle, 135, and then 57 against Arizona. Leading rusher against Cleveland was Morris. Goldman, 27 and 65. Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, there's one, there's, there's two good games in there from Wayne Goldman, 94 and 135. So, yeah, well, nobody else came in even close to other than Daniel Jones, our quarterback. And y'all, yeah, no, because the threat well, I, of Wayne I, Goldman getting the ball. You, on that option, you you don't want the running back to get the ball. They, they tackle the running back. The quarterback goes free. It's not like he was doing anything to get himself. He wasn't breaking down defenders. Would, would you all agree the numbers I read were underwhelming, even during that stretch where they were running and 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 playing well? It was kind of a team effort. I don't disagree with Jace. I like Wayne Goldman. Don't get me wrong. I just I think the Giants could use an upgrade from Wayne Goldman. I just don't feel like Wayne Goldman. I always thought he was going to get a little bit better. 
And I thought he really had a chance to shine last year. And for me, I felt mostly underwhelmed. And and the last thing I remember him is, is covering a, a fumble with his butt in the last game. Oh, Not great. Not great. Well, look, he's been there I, for a whole year. He's been running. He's been playing. No, that's good. Here. Thank I God. It. I mean, you know, look, again, he didn't exactly run us into the playoffs. So he got us closer to Saquon has. So, oh, uh, okay. Do you feel good about that now? You feel good saying that? Well, yeah, y'all don't want me. No, to you, it's I'm out there. You got I'm it. still in belief that Saquon right. is a bust. I'm still in belief of it. So only time will tell. Oh, yes. I made that statement. I still think Saquon I think is a Wayne bust. Goldman has had an underwhelming career. I think last year when he really had a chance to step up, he didn't. And and if listen, if you think I'm wrong, why didn't the Giants re-sign him? If the Giants were impressed with him as much as you two are, why didn't the Giants re-sign him? Maybe he didn't fit the Giants' scheme. Maybe he didn't fit the offense. Maybe I, well, I just it, said that a minute ago when you disagreed with it, me. It's hard for him to establish himself as a running back with the turmoil that the Giants' front office and coaches have had over the time period he's been in there. They've had three different coaches. They've he had, had two different front offices. 14 been, games to establish himself, and he failed. Okay, if you say so, but it's it's very hard to establish yourself year in after year when you when you year. No, they immediately went out and signed Devontae Freeman. They went out and signed Morris. I mean, again, the Giants weren't impressed. The, uh, I don't know about that. They definitely were. They signed Devontae Freeman, then he went down right away. They signed Alfred Morris to have another backup, and then but they, I mean, Wayne Gallman got the the load of the carries though, and I do agree that he's he doesn't really fit in the system because I, I think Jason Garrett wants to run more a zone instead of power, which is what Wayne Gallman is. So I I think that he, Wayne Gallman definitely stepped in and, and impressed last year, but I do agree that he doesn't really fit with the scheme in the offense. But I I mean that that little winning streak that we had going on. Uh, I, Wayne Gallman was a huge part of that, and I, I think that you know him running the ball was a huge part of it. I don't like to defend Jace ever for anything he says. What did, what, what did he say that wild? This guy, Morris thing. This guy just said Saquon's a bust, and you're worried about what Jay said about Alfred Morris. I believe he's on the way. He's on the way to being a bust. What has he done for us in three years? You've, um, what has he done? He's been injured twice seasons in history, so there was that, and been injured since. And been injured since. All right, before we move on, Sean and Jay, yeah. is do, do you can you at least admit that the Devonte Booker is a upgrade from Wayne Gallman as an RB two? Yeah, he's an upgrade. Yeah, he's he's a solid running back. He's you know traditional running back. He's, he's an upgrade, but I don't I, think he's much of an upgrade. I think I yeah I think he gives you more versatility, but I I don't think as a runner he he's really you know much better than Wayne Gallman is. I, I think he's a, he's obviously a better receiver out of the backfield. He'll give you more of that for, uh, instead of Wayne Gallman, but I I don't think that he you know he's a huge upgrade over Wayne Gallman. I know uh, that I know that he's a, a Utah Ute, so I know that uh, you love Devontae Booker. <laughs> yes, sir. In, def in defense to my Saquon statement, I'm in full belief that the Giants could have passed on him, got a Chubbs, and still been just okay. I think they could have went Baker Mayfield or something. Well, obviously they couldn't because he went first. But if they he didn't go first, I think the Giants could have took him number two and still been okay without Saquon Barkley. I do believe he's going to be a bust. Well, that's a discussion for another day. But let's move on to the real main topic I want to talk about. Well, you know what? I'm just looking up. Wayne Goldman actually had 4.6 yards per carry last year. 
pretty damn good. That's not bad. That's not bad. As I'm looking at it, that's not bad. Freeman had 3.2. Morris, 4.3. Saquon had 1.8 on the uh, 19 carries he did have. So. Nice. But again, 682 Ooh. yards in 15 games. Sorry. No. But he had a chance to to break out and he failed. You're right. You're right. It's not but, with that line. All right. Let's move on. Continue our NBA, our NFL draft preview. This time, <laughs> no, I mean, Giants, we talked a lot about what the Giants can do. This time, we're talking QBs. Most important position on the field. And it seems like the first two picks are set. Starting off with you, Joe. I mean, you talked about how you start a franchise on your video game with the Jags. The Jags, do they have their franchise QB with the first pick in this man right here? Yeah, I think they do. You know, and and look, they've they've added some pretty solid players. They've got obviously some good picks in this draft. I think this team has a real chance to start to turn things around. I mean, they've been in the dumps for quite a while. So this is a, a, a huge moment for this franchise. The best quarterback they'll have since Mark Brunell. And I think he'll quickly uh, exceed that. Trevor Lawrence is a winner. Didn't love the statements last week from him and his dad about, you know, how flippity flippy is as far as football is concerned. But when that dude's on the field, I mean, he's always the best player uh, on it. So I think that will continue. The Jacks have some really nice pieces on offense. Again, they're, they're, I, I think because of him, I question whether that would be a destination people would be interested in. I think between, you know, no state sales tax and, and this guy is your quarterback, Urban Meyer is your coach. I think it's a place where people are definitely interested in going. And I didn't think that was going to happen. And I felt bad for Trevor Lawrence being the number one overall pick. But now I think that the Jaguars, you know, it won't be a great year this year. I think the best they can hope for is like a six and 10, seven and nine, sort of like what Justin Herbert did last year. But, um, you know, maybe six and 10, five, and only because their defense needs a lot of help too. But I think within a couple of years, I think this guy's got a chance to really turn this franchise around and give them someone to be proud of. Sean, so six and 10, what's going to happen with the extra game? They'll go six and eleven. <laughs> oh, God, I, just went <laughs> I keep forgetting about that stupidity, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah hey, maybe, maybe he goes seven and ten. You know, that would that would be all right too, something like that. But I, I think that's a. I wouldn't expect they're going to turn it around this year. I, I think the Jaguars have a lot of growing to do, and obviously, still a lot of holes to fill. So, yeah, Sean, do you think? Do you see Trevor Lawrence coming in and making an immediate impact? kind of like Joe Burrow did, or do you see him like taking a little bit of time to develop to the NFL level? Uh, I think that he's going to have an immediate impact. Uh, I think that, you know, the Jags receivers, they have a, a pretty good young receiving core with guys like uh, LaVisa Chanel, and uh, they just signed Marvin Jones and uh, who, oh DJ Chark. So I think that they have some good weapons down there, uh, and they have an underrated running back in James Robinson. So I, I think the offense will be clicking. But uh, like Joe said, their defense, uh, ever since that, 
2017 season where they made the AFC championship. I mean, everyone has just left that defense. They had a lot of talent and there's just not a lot of pieces there left. So I think that the offense will get it going. I think that Trevor Lawrence will have a, a pretty good year because I, I think that, you know, he's been ready for the pros really since it, his first time that he stepped on the field at Clemson. So I think that the Jags offense will be fine. I think Trevor Lawrence will do really good. Um, the one thing that I'm a little bit worried about is the Jags offensive line. They, they're not really that great, yeah. especially at the tackle position. So he might have some trouble there uh, like Joe Burrow did in Cincinnati last year. But other than that, I think that he'll be fine. He'll uh, light up the NFL uh, right away. All right. Zay, you predicted it earlier in the season. You predict that the Jets will play their way out of the first pick. And they did that. And it seems like they got their guy. They didn't get Trevor Lawrence. They got Zach Wilson. Is this going to be the face of the new face of the Jets for years down the line? I I couldn't tell you. Honestly, I think you got to think about what he's coming into, the weapons around him, the offensive line, the defense, the new coach. You got to take all that and put it into consideration minus two pro, um, preseason games this year. So, you know, a talent will be obviously evaluated differently when they go to their final 53-man uh, roster. So it's basically going to be about what he has around him day one, and that will determine how his future goes. Because if he has nothing around him, he'll go nowhere. But if he has a ton around him and the coach has, you know, gets the team motivated and believing, he could be the future um, franchise quarterback for them. But it's, it's going to be about what he has around him day one. That's really what it's going to come down to. Yeah, I mean, they they did bring in uh, Corey, Corey Davis. Davis. Big signing, so I, I think I, I do like I like him. I think he'll do well. But Joe, way back when when BYU played Coastal, you and I we were texting during it, and both you and I said we think Zach Wilson should come back for his uh, senior year. So what do you think of the Jets making this pick here? It, it, well, you know, uh, I'll point out too, Jay. Shortly thereafter, we saw that scouting report that called him immature and selfish and, you know, very privileged. And so I think, you know, again, that big chance he had really to make a statement for BYU, he came up short to a team of Titans, you know, little peewee Titans or whatever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I just saw the the best comp that they've got for him is Tony Romo. And I thought, good regular season quarterback. I mean, you want to go to the postseason? I don't That's know. That doesn't, that didn't make me feel good. That, like, do you think he's going to be a Tony Romo? I like to think that they could do better than that. And if that's the comp that they're, they're saying for Wilson, I just don't, I don't know. I don't know. This 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 has always been about Trevor Lawrence and everybody else. And I still think that there's question marks with Wilson. I think there's question marks with Fields. I think there's question marks with Trey Lance, with Mac Jones. I think we're going to discuss who might fall. I think Mac Jones has a real chance to drop in this draft, um, yeah. is my sense. So... You know, I, I, I see this guy maybe going in the 20s at this point now. Ooh. So That's your guy, Joe. But again, to a good team. So it'll probably work out better for him. Yeah, I mean, you're right. But uh, staying with Zach Wilson, I, I mean, obviously I'm the Utah guy. So BYU's in Utah. 
But uh, Zach Wilson, like I, I never believed that uh, that that. So we'll get to that, Lucas. Don't worry, we will get to Justin Fields. Um, but uh, I, I do. See- I like the comp though to Rosen. That, again, you want to underwhelm me? Make yeah. a comp to that guy. That that is. I I, I don't like those comps of Romo and Rosen though. I I like Zach Wilson a lot. I I I didn't make mine in- up. Mine came from professionals. That was the comp oh, that yeah. they had for him. So I can't. I won't take any credit on that. Now, but if you're wait, if you're worried about, but then wouldn't Trevor Lawrence and Josh? To me, that whole not really the football mentally there, not wanting to win it. I think that should scare you more than uh, Justin Fields. You not. I mean, I don't know. You you're saying. That everyone else has question marks except for their number one pick. And I'm thinking he has huge question marks. Look at Josh Rosen, who didn't have that that want, that desire to win, which he just said last week. He doesn't care about winning. He cares about just playing football or something, or being the greatest ever, something like that. Yeah, but the difference between him and Josh Rosen is you know he doesn't care about winning. It's all he does. Yeah. All he does is win. I feel like that'll translate. But I, I need to I need to give my Zach Wilson point. Yeah, no, out. do your Wilson thing. No, I, I think he is solid. I think he's really, really good. He, we've seen the mobility. We've seen his arm strength. He obviously had that big uh, on his pro day, that big pass that everyone was oohing and on about. But one thing not a lot of people are talking about, this kid is a big-time student of the game. We, every time – from reports, every time he's not on the field, he's on his iPad looking at film of Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, going even going back to Archie Manning and all that stuff. He's looking at all these QBs trying to better his game. That's one thing I really like. Do I think he should be number two? Not necessarily because I'm going to challenge another point you said, Joe. It, it hasn't always been Trevor Lawrence and everyone else. It's been Trevor Lawrence and just – Trevor Lawrence is here – Trevor Lawrence is here, Justin Fields is here, and then everyone else. I don't know where – we talked about it a little bit last week. I don't know where this narrative went with Justin Fields and why he's dropping. But now, <clears throat> Sean, Please, I'm bringing this up. Like Lucas said, Justin Fields should be picked number two. I see him as a carbon copy. Uh, we talked about that. But, Sean – how do you feel about Justin Fields falling? He's always been that number two. Is he still that number two in your eyes, or has Zach Wilson eclipsed him? Uh, I I still think that he's the number two quarterback in this draft. Um, obviously Zach Wilson, he's got some you know great arm talent, great arm strength, and uh, you know all that, and he's got great mobility. But I, I think Justin Fields, you know, gives you a, something like that, but even better. I think that you know his arm strength is obviously there. Uh, he's done it on the biggest stage. He did it this year against Clemson, you know, throwing for, I think, seven touch, six or seven touchdowns. And so he showed up in big moments before. Uh, I think that, you know, it, I think if the 49ers go and get Justin Fields, it will be a blessing for them because I think, you know, Zach, I think the Jets have a, a really good chance of obviously getting him with the number two pick. But if they go with Zach Wilson, I think he'll fall right into the 49ers laps. And I, I think that, you know, Kyle Shanahan will do a really great job with him. So I think that it will, it will all work out for the 49ers if the Jets do go with Zach Wilson. And I, I'm with you. I don't know where, you know, wh- or where or why Justin Fields has started to drop down a bunch of draft boards as of late. Uh, I think that, you know, ever since coming out of high school, like you said, he's been right there with Trevor Lawrence as the number one and number two quarterbacks, you know, in that class. So uh, I don't I'm, I don't really agree with the the disrespect of the Justin Fields slander. I think that, you know, he's he, he might have some some problems with, uh, you know, interceptions and some uh, 
some questionable throws and stuff like that. But I, I just think that, you know, he's, he's such a talented athlete, such a talented quarterback that, you know, can, that a great offensive coordinator, a great offensive mind could mold into a, a good NFL quarterback. And I think Kyle Shanahan would be perfect for him uh, if he does end up going to San Francisco. So I, I do think that he should be uh, the number two quarterback out of this draft. Yeah. I mean, he's really good. He's done. I mean, he, so number win at Ohio state, but besides against Alabama and then Clemson, but, um, the best of the best but also i mean in one year as the starter and a covid season started they played what seven seven games eight games so not a full season he's second all time in uh yard in passing touchdowns for the the college for ohio state i i know that they 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 are there hasn't been like one big ohio state qb but that's still a lot and that's still really good and sean you bring up interceptions we we only saw that during this uh this past season. The the year before that, his full season, he only threw one pick all season. So I mean, yeah, yeah it just came at the wrong time against Clemson. Yeah, can I, can I say one thing? Yep, I saw a stat. I'm not I'm not I'm not sure if I'm 100 on this. I want to make sure I'm correct. I believe they said over the last 10 year period or something like that, no quarterback drafted in the first uh, top 10 is still on the same franchise. Or even starting. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Only one quarterback, excuse me, is still starting for the franchise he was drafted by in the first round in the top ten. So I don't. I, I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves on calling quarterbacks these quarterbacks future franchise quarterbacks because it doesn't pan out that well. And if I, if you could guess that one, I'm I'm pretty sure you guys couldn't guess that one. But it's very very surprising because that team picks a lot of quarterbacks. So it just goes to show you picking quarterbacks in the first round. I think. People are blowing it out of proportion where people fall. If Justin Fields falls out of the first round, that might work out better for him than it would have he been picked in the top 10 because it has not worked out, according to ESPN, for the last 10 years. There's only been one quarterback on the same team. Can you guys guess? Over the past 10 years? I think I saw the stats. I don't know, Baker? Ding, ding, ding. Only one. Interesting. So maybe... We are blowing out. We blowing this whole quarterbacks in the top four, top wherever they go. We're blowing it completely out of proportion because it doesn't always translate to a franchise quarterback. You're right. Yeah. Right. Well, but, I mean. Well, again, dude. I mean, I I can tell you right now because for me, you know, I don't like Baker Mayfield. I didn't like Sam Darnold. I didn't like Josh Rosen. The only guy I liked in that draft was Josh Allen. And where did he go? Tenth? Was it? No, I think he was out of the top ten. I think he might have been out of the top ten. Wherever he went, that was bad. And he was pissed. So, again, I think sometimes teams fall. I mean, again, I think the Jets have fallen in love with the wrong guy. I'd pick Justin Field second. Oh, yeah. I mean, to me, it's a no-doubter. I do think that Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback than Justin Fields. I do think Justin Fields is the second-best quarterback, and for the life of me, don't know what the Jets are thinking. I just don't think Zach Wilson is going to be what they think he's going to be. And it's a huge mistake to let Justin Fields pass you by. The, the big they're thing- doing it, and... Well, now, here's the latest thing, by the way. I don't think, you know, maybe you guys don't even know this. Justin Fields revealed he had epilepsy as a child. 
and is now answering questions about how he deals with his epilepsy. Literally just saw that come up, that he revealed to the teams he's talking to about him dealing with childhood epilepsy. He hasn't had a seizure in a really, really, really long time since he was young. Uh, has never missed a game due to it or anything. So, uh, but again, it's just one more thing, uh, say that the black quarterback has to deal with the scrutiny that guy has to deal with. It's unbelievable. Really is. You're right. The, the, the main reason though, I would take Justin Fields over Zach Wilson is what I mentioned earlier. Zach Wilson has shown that he needs, he definitely needs some time to grow. He needs growth. Justin Fields, I I think he can come in and he can win you games and he can make you compete, not necessarily at the top level. I, I think he can – but he can show – he can come in and do his, what he needs to do right off the rip. And that's why I think the Jets are losing. But, I mean, the Jets' loss will be San Francisco's gain. But it might not be Justin Fields. might be Trey Lance because Trey Lance had his second pro day and apparently the 49ers are drooling all over him. Sean, is this the right pick? Um, I I think that he would be a pretty good fit as well for the Niners. Um, I'm not sure. I, I would still take Justin Fields over him, like I said, but I think that Trey Lance is definitely an intriguing prospect. I think that, you know, if you're looking just on straight up potential, which really what is the what the draft is, um, I think that, you know, he's a really good running quarterback. Uh, the last season that we saw him, you know, I, he threw 26 or 28 touchdowns and no interceptions. And obviously it's not against the best competition. He played at North Dakota State, but still, it's still impressive. Yeah, obviously he has a strong arm. Uh, he's a great athlete. So if you're just looking at the prospect alone, he, he's definitely an intriguing uh, player. And I think that, you know, he could develop into, uh, you know, an NFL starting caliber quarterback, you know, down the line. So and uh, if, if you look at his pro day, he obviously he impressed a lot of teams. So if the Niners do pick him, I, I wouldn't be that surprised because I do think that he would fit in with that kind of offense. But uh, he, he's definitely an intriguing prospect, you know, seeing that he's really the only one up there that didn't come from a huge program. You know, Zach Wilson, obviously from BYU too, but at least they're, you know, ranked this year and they're not in the, you know, FCS. So I think that he's definitely uh, an intriguing prospect to look at and uh, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. It's crazy because he was, he was one of those guys that was dropping and you thought might be in the, in the, maybe in the twenties, but now he's come up and now seems like he's the guy for the 49ers. Joe, is he is he the right choice? And if you were the 49ers, who are you picking? I, I again, I mean, I'm going sure bets. I I mean, upside is a a nice word for we don't know. We think this guy's good. What does that mean? I'm I'm gonna waste a number three pick on a guy who might not get it at all, who might not ever be NFL quality. That's a that's a lot of risk to take at that spot. You moved up to get a guaranteed, like, top guy. As far as I'm concerned, there's two of them. I, to me, I still think Mac Jones is, is better than Zach Wilson. I think he's better than Trey Lance. And I think he's better than uh, most of the other guys. So that's where I'm at. I think that guy is a phenomenal quarterback. And I think I think the Patriots have him sort of locked in their sights. 
I think Belichick might move up to go get him. I think he'll play a lot like Tom Brady. And I think in Bill's mind, <laughs> I think that would be like a brilliant thing for him. So I think he's I think he's gonna make his move on them. Whoever gets Trey Lance, whether it's Denver or if San Francisco foolishly makes that move, whoever. I mean, whoever's let me put it like this. If this draft goes Lawrence, Wilson, Lance, the the fourth pick, the the Falcons pick will be, I mean, their phone will be blowing up with offers <laughs> to get to that fourth pick to get Justin Fields. So I can't imagine a scenario where that happens. I just can't. But if it does, I mean, Atlanta's got a chance to rebuild their organization in one trade. I think they're getting your number one somewhere in the draft, and they're getting your one next year. Probably, yeah. Number, number four pick has a lot of value. So oh, they, especially yeah. if it's, if it's going to be Justin Fields and not Trey Lance or Mac Jones. You'd, yeah. be, you'd be, I mean, dude, that thing's worth a fortune. Yeah, especially if the team thinks that they're QB for the future. I mean, you're going to have to give up what whatever it takes to, you know, go up. If you actually believe that's, you have conviction that that's your QB, you have to give up what are you, whatever that you can to, to go get them. If that fourth pick is going to be Trey Lance or Mac Jones, then Kyle Pitts is going to Atlanta. Yeah, so I was like, you're assuming that he's uh, Kyle. They don't want Kyle Pitts, then. That's what I was if they're trading it. Oh, if I'm he's saying, on the board, <laughs> dude. Gone. Uh, well, figure figure like this. They, Listen, not, not for nothing. I mean, they've got a pretty good receiving core. They don't really. They're not really a big tight end throwing team. Nice so I think the be nice. I mean, maybe, maybe again, maybe that'll help Matt Ryan again as he continues to age and, and maybe doesn't have the arm strength down the field, maybe having a tight end hitting the seam might be a, a good way to go. But if you can get someone's number one pick in this draft a little bit later on and they're one for next year, yes. Yes. If you, you drop back, maybe you grab somebody for your lousy defense. Yeah, that's where they need help. They They have receivers. Yeah, we understand that, but if Pitts is on the board, I, f- I feel it hard for any team to pass up on him if he's there. If he's available, I, I, think, really hard. I think if Justin Fields is there, you're getting the two ones. You could probably get a starter from that team, too, a defensive starter who doesn't suck, who you could place right into your defense. Uh, that pick will have immense value at, at number four. Again, if Justin Fields has gone at four, then they're, then they're drafting Kyle Pitts. <laughs> Is, and Atlanta will continue to have the wor- one of the worst defenses in the NFL. So, Joe, you said if Justin Fields falls to four, there's going to be there's probably going to be a trade, right? At at number four, if Justin Fields is available, I promise you, ESPN is going to run some feature piece while the Falcons work the phones for 15 minutes and move <laughs> that pick to someone else. That's what's going to happen. I'm telling you, everybody from number five all the way to 32 will call the Falcons just to see what it would take to get number four. Who, Maybe not number 11. Is <laughs> Justin Fields good enough for the Falcons not to trade it and take him himself? Because they're obviously rebuilding. No, 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 no. Uh, 
Not where you need so much help on defense. You don't bring in somebody who isn't going to help your team immediately. Justin Fields, if you have Matt Ryan, he's probably not going to play for another three, four years maybe. So it doesn't help your team immediately. The best thing you could do is probably move that pick. All right. It, it makes Again, no sense. To, to, yeah. to trade back and get offensive line help or to get a defensive piece. And again, you can get a couple picks for that, a couple number ones, maybe a couple of a, a, a two or a three or something else. You could really start adding. I mean, the Falcons need a lot more help than Justin Fields, who wouldn't start, or Kyle Pitts, not really throwing the tight ends. So picks got to make sense. And if it makes sense to and again, maybe since Daddy wants to move up and grab Pitts at four, great, you take the five. Yeah, you know what I mean. Look, infinite opportunities. Don't forget the Dolphins are picking at six. Maybe Justin Fields is there at four. Hey, we'll give you the six, and I mean they got a million picks the next two years. Maybe they want to upgrade. Oh, maybe if the opportunity for the Dolphins to upgrade over Tua to Justin Fields, maybe they would jump at that. They've got so many picks to play with. Mm-hmm. A lot of things could happen if the 49ers are stupid. And I say that not only about Trey Lance, but about Mac Jones. You're crazy. Again, the Jets are, I think the Jets are already making a mistake at two. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And I'm a Zach Wilson guy. I agree the Jets are making a mistake. But, uh, he should have came back for his senior. I mean, he, there's no reason yes. why he shouldn't have came back. I mean, another year. Well, now that he's a prominent name, dude, I don't know. Just feel like that would have really helped his case. I think COVID makes yeah, it Jace, not for nothing. He'd probably be number one next year. Oh, hell yeah. More like Sam Howell. But uh, before we move on, uh, Sean, I want to get your thoughts on Mac Jones. Where do you see him going? How far is he going to fall? A lot of people still think he's going to be number three. Is he there for you? I don't know. I think the reports that came out that, you know, San Francisco was uh, looking at him, I think that was all kind of smoke screens for them to, you know, try and get someone else and for someone to try and trade up and get Mac Jones. So I think that he is going to fall. Um, I, I think a team like the Patriots, like Joe mentioned, will make sense for him. Um, I, that's, I mean, that's the biggest one I could think of. I, I think that. I don't know, because Mac Jones, wherever he goes, he's not going to have Devontae Smith and Jalen Waller to throw to. And obviously, you know, I, hey, I understand. Well, hey, well, if he goes to New Orleans. That Michael Thomas is not the same receiver that Devontae Smith and Jalen. Those are two completely different receiver types. It's a big-time I mean, receiver right there. Alvin Kamara, he I, he would do some things with those guys. I I mean, he would. I I agree. All right, maybe that's the one spot because I mean, that's that's a offense that's predicated on short yard throws and you know accuracy and stuff like that. So that would be a good fit for him. But still, I just I think that Mac Jones he had a great year last year, and I understand that Joe loves him, but I just I just don't see him uh, making it as. I think he'll be a solid NFL starter, but I just don't think he'll go above and beyond like he did last year. You know, throwing for just absurd numbers, seventy five percent completion percentage and stuff like that. I just don't think that he has too much good movement in the pocket, which nowadays in the NFL, I mean, you need to be able to move around in there, um, especially because Alabama's O-line was so good. I just think that, you know, there's not a lot of teams in the NFL that has that uh, right away. So I think that, you know, it, he's, he struggles there a little bit. I don't, I don't think he's going to have the receiving court that he did at Alabama, obviously, with, I mean, they just, they completely, you know, they just load out uh, different top uh, 
first round picks every single year. So I just don't think that he's going to have that same talent every year. So I, I think that he is going to end up dropping and I think that he'll be a, a decent starter wherever he ends up, but I just don't think that he's going to ever live up to what he did at Alabama. Yeah, I, I get that. The, the big thing for me with the number three pick, I, I, I didn't like them, the projection with Mac Jones there, because I, I think with Kyle Shanahan, the offensive mind that he is, him with a mobile quarterback that that could make for greatness. And I, I like that's why I like Justin Fields. I even do love that the Trey Lance thing, but if Justin Fields there, you have to get him. But now let's move on. Let, let's take a break. We'll we'll talk more about the NFL draft next week when we do our mock draft. Uh we it'll be interesting. Uh we're all picking for different teams. So that that should be fun. So make sure you tune in next week for that but now let's talk about some current events around the league so with two big two decent big retirements jordan reed he retired uh, a couple years ago due to concussions when he was on washington came back had had a little bit of a redemption arc especially this year with george kittle being out he's calling it quits which i i think is really big he's had a lot of concussions and uh, I, I'm glad he had that little bit of redemption arc he had in San Fran this year. But uh, it's good to see him hang up the the helmet. And then obviously Alex Smith also retires uh, after that big leg injury. No one thought he could do what he did this year coming back. Zay, what what's your favorite moment with one of these two guys? What, what, what do you remember them? As no favorite more moment for Jordan Reed, he's torched the Giants literally almost every time he's played them, so there's no favorite moment there. Uh, for Alex Smith, favorite moment mm. that's tough. Uh, it uh, honestly, well, what will you always remember him as? I remember him as a, a good game manager, someone who could who was also able to move in the pocket, he was able to take this 49ers to the Almost, but almost damn near the Super Bowl the year before Common Kaepernick stepped in and took over. So I always remember him as a great, solid quarterback, you know. And he obviously, excuse me, he paved the way for um, what you call it, uh, uh-huh. Pat Mahomes in over here, yeah, over there in Kansas City. So, I mean, those are things he'll be remembered for. But I, I, as other than that, I could care less for the both of them. I'm happy retirement. I mean, but you know, they've always been two players on the opposite side of the field, never been on my team. So. No memorable moments there. The hit from Keanu Neal that pretty much ended his career is definitely, uh, it was one of the nastiest head-to-head collisions I've ever seen. Uh, Keanu Neal hit him with his crown right into the side of Jordan Reed's helmet and knocked his helmet clean off his head. We'll definitely never forget that. And for me, for Alex Smith, I would say him coming back last year, I was thrilled to death for him. I'd actually done a piece on him and his comeback, a guy who nearly lost his leg. Uh, and if you know the story of, of you know, that day where uh, his leg was broken, the same date in the same place with the same missing right tackle as Joe Theismann, it was like some eerie, weird stuff to see that happen again, you know, for that team, a team that's also... Um, 
in recent years also saw a great young quarterback in Robert Griffin uh, suffer a big injury and his career uh, all, all but over. Um, a guy who's been holding clipboards for quite a few years now. Um, he just started this year for the Ravens. <laughs> he started a game this year. <laughs> yeah, but he's a clipboard holder. I mean, this that kid was like on his way to greatness before he got hurt. Yeah. Greatness, I thought. I, I mean, I thought he looked really good after his, his rookie year. I thought that was a guy that was really going to become a big-time player, and he got hurt, and that was that. Um, And now he holds clipboards for a living. It sucks. So feel bad. I mean, Washington's had a Washington's had quite a history with losing guys to career-ending injuries. You know, it's not something that the Giants we have really had to deal with much. Think about it. When's the last guy? I mean, uh, Victor Cruz, a guy who got his career cut short at a game that I literally was at and witnessed uh, when he blew the knee out in Philly. Not fun. Not he was in Philly. What had happened? Yeah, it was uh, the game was uh, at the link. Sean, yep. any, any thoughts on uh, Alex Smith and Jordan Reed? Just the comeback for Alex Smith last year. I mean, absolutely remarkable. If you saw, you know, the pictures of after the surgery and the the way that his leg looked. I mean, just the the courage that he had to come back and the bravery that he had to come back. I mean, it's just absolutely tremendous. Uh, obviously, even I mean, to play in an NFL, you know, a game that you know is so tough, and I mean, just. Uh, it's just a, a gladiator sport out there, and uh, even for a quarterback, I mean, it's. It, uh, I give him a lot of respect for coming back, and obviously, you know that that first time when he, when he came into a game this year, um, I, I give him just uh, the standing ovation that he got, and just seeing his family, I, I was just really happy for him. Uh, and then, obviously, I mean, he, he had a pretty good career too. Uh, he didn't have a lot of success in the playoffs, but I mean, like Zay said, he brought the Niners to the NFC Championship uh, against the Giants in 2011. Uh, he made the playoffs pretty much every year when he was with the Chiefs, you know, with Andy Reid, and he had some really good offenses there. So, uh, number one pick that you know didn't really ever you know live up to it in the the playoffs, but he he did have a lot of success where he was. Uh, and he, like Zay said again, he, he was a good game manager. But uh, and then just uh, the hell of a comeback that I, I think that should be remembered forever. Uh, to to come back from that is pretty amazing. And then uh, with Jordan Reed, he he just. A great talent that you know, with all the concussion problems, it's it's just really sad that he was never able to, you know, stay healthy because he he was one of the better or more talented tight ends in the league. It's just he could he kept getting concussion after concussion, and you know, you hope that you know his his brain uh, is all right because I mean that just the beating that you take to your head, it's it could be traumatic. So I hope that he's all right. I'm I'm glad that he stepped away from the game and he and he's happy for that. Uh, but. He's also a Connecticut guy. He comes. Uh, he's from New Britain. He went to New London. So I, I think that you know it's pretty cool to see a guy from Connecticut uh, have a career like that. But obviously, it's just sad. Sad for both of these guys that injuries you know derailed uh, their end of their careers. But uh, I think that they, once they look back at their career, I, I think they should be uh, happy about you know where they came from and uh, what they did in the NFL. Yeah, I mean Alex Smith. It, it really does suck because he was. Who knows? Maybe Taylor Heineke is going to come in and lead the the Washington football team to a Super Bowl. Because every time Alex Smith leaves, their quarterback gets to a Super Bowl. And you look at Ka- Kaepernick, and you look at uh, Mahomes. Wow, might be uh, might be Fitz Magic too. Oh yeah, Fitz Magic. Throw up. I will completely throw up next year. <laughs> Patrick takes them to the so so would I. That would be. I would hate the. <laughs> Giants franchise. Ooh, that would be funny. Oh boy. But uh with this, this brings us 
to the question of the week. What player's departure from the Giants was hardest to accept as a fan? Starting with you, Joe. Uh, Lawrence Taylor, I think, you know, uh, uh, his, his second to last year, he blew out his, uh, his Achilles and, and missed the rest of the season and then came back for one final year and didn't go great. Um, you know, the his first 10, first player in NFL history to make his uh, Pro Bowl his first 10 seasons and then didn't make another one the rest of the way out. That was tough to watch and, and to know that by then the Giants defense wasn't the elite defense it had been while he was there. And I like to add a B to my list. Um, Jesse Armstead in 2002. I mean, he was a pro bowler. He was the captain of the Giants defense. And it was the first time I'd ever heard the word cap casualty. The defensive captain, leading tackler in a five-time pro bowler. And he signed with the Redskins. The worst thing I ever saw in my life. Sean, who you got? This one uh, is easy for me. It, it wasn't really an uh, injury that caused it, and uh, but I, I got to go with Odell Beckham when he got traded. Uh, I could just remember when it happened, uh, when the tweet showed up on my phone. I threw my phone ac- across the room. My, my phone cracked. Uh, I was just completely pissed off. I was All my friends were texting me, making fun of me and, and the Giants, and I just I didn't respond to anyone. I was in the dumps all night. Uh, it was just a, a terrible, terrible night for me uh, because Odell was probably my favorite player on the team at that point, other than Eli. Um, so, I, I mean, just the, the talent that he had and all the memories that he brought, even though they were a losing team for most of the time he was here, uh, it was just uh, just a, a terrible night that I, I could still remember uh, to this day. And obviously the trade, it might have worked out with guys like Jabril Peppers and, and Dexter Lawrence, uh, you know, coming in and, and uh, bringing a lot to the Giants defense. But still, I mean, we could use Odell to this day. Obviously, he's been uh, injured a lot, but uh, that, that was definitely a rough night for me when uh, Odell got traded. I specifically didn't bring that up, Sean, because I knew you were going to. <laughs> and and deservedly uh, yeah. so. I mean, dude, you know how I felt about that. I'm still not. And I agree with you. I, I'll never be over the Odell Beckham trade. That was so stupid. I don't care how much he gets hurt. Still stupid. Say, what well, you got? For me, it's obvious. It's Eli Manning. Um, and he didn't leave for no type of reason other than the fact that he was pushed out the door by an incompetent front <laughs> office. But, um, uh, yeah, no, Eli Manning, I, I was there from the start of his career in 2004. I was 12 years old. I watched his entire career basically unfold. I watched playoffs, Super Bowls, you name it, endless He's the, for me, he's the quarterback, my quarterback. When you ask me who's my Giants quarterback, it's Eli Manning. It's really all I've known. I mean, obviously we had Kerry Collins before that, but he's very forgettable. And Kurt Warner also someone Mm -hmm. you can forget about. But yeah, it's definitely Eli Manning. I wish his tenure didn't end the way it did with the screw up of his, you know, his streak and, and just in complete incompetence by, of the coaches trying to start other quarterbacks and figure things out and then adding a quarterback in the draft when they know dang well Eli Manning needed a little help on the offensive line or maybe an extra weapon, which probably could have extended his career maybe a year or two. But if that really hurt, man, watching him leave really, really, really hurt for me, bro. That's that's right here. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys all hit, hit the big ones on the head. I, I only got a sm- – <laughs> this one's going to be crazy. For me, the hardest – like actually emotionally 
was the trade of Damon Snacks Harrison to the Detroit Lions. <laughs> I know you was going. I, I'm not. <laughs> I love Damon. I, I love Snacks. He was a beast. The one thing about him was uh, on. He was the D, he was a defensive lineman, obviously, but any play that went down the field, he was third, second guy there for the tackle. He was right behind him. You don't see that in a D, defensive tackle. And, I mean, to trade him, he was an AP All-Pro, and you trade him for a fifth-round pick. That, that that's this. I understand he's a defensive lineman. I understand this. But come on, man! I, I love snacks so much, and that was that was really. I actually cried. I actually cried when I got that news. He was traded. That was rough for me. You need yeah. mental help. I know. I know. You realize we've replaced him tenfold, right? I, I do, but he's still yeah. Better. He's still better. <laughs> Honestly, I forgot he even played for the Giants. <laughs> he, he was. <laughs> I'm joking. No, I didn't I forget. I just don't care. I would have thought you were yeah. like Linval Joseph, Sean O'Hara, something yeah, like that. Yeah, seriously, Maybe. dude. You could have. He's the man, Snacks. Yeah. I, I think uh, an honorable mention for me that I was going to bring up if somebody took Odell was Jason Pierre-Paul, though, because, I mean, other than Eli, he was he was really like – he's my favorite giant of all time. I, I wore 90 because of him, and I played DN. But uh, I, so – I mean, JPP was my favorite, and I remember going to school that morning, and I got the update in my phone, and I was—I it ruined the rest of my day because JPP was my guy. So, and you see now, he just won a Super Bowl. He's still contributing for a Buccaneers team, and obviously, the Giants need help at pass rush to this day. So, I, I think that that was an idiotic trade uh, still to this day, and I think that the Giants could still use him. Yeah. Also, along similar lines, Justin Tuck going to the Raiders—that was another rough one. Yeah, I was scared. I was wasting time. Yeah, but uh, those were all great. But uh, that's gonna do it for John about the G Men this week. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you, Joe, Sean, and Zay for joining me. Stay tuned next week because next week's gonna be fun with the mock draft. I'm very interested to see how this goes. See, I mean, I do some trades. Maybe you cannot trade within your own team, so I will put that caveat out there. But uh, you can trade with other people. But we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm I'm excited. But thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you like us on Facebook. Make sure you subscribe to John About the G Men on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter, and make sure you follow uh, Clovercrest Media on Twitch, Facebook, uh, YouTube, Twitter, and check out clovercrestmedia.com for more podcasts. Fuck you, Zay. But uh no, I'm agreeing with you. I'm going with it. The Twitter. Yeah, the- yeah, yeah. Make yeah, <laughs> you. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you next time.
Hi, my name is Zach the Plant. Have you ever imagined about starting your own podcast or radio show to voice your opinions and share your passions with others? You think to yourself, how would I even start something like that? I don't have any equipment or any experience whatsoever. Well, look no further. The folks at Clovercrest Media got you covered. Clovercrest Media Group is home to over 30 individual podcasts. Like Divide We Stand, I'll Piss You Off Shortly, Speaking It Real, and so much more. At Clovercrest, our sound engineers only believe in the best sounding audio quality, and their expertise will make your podcast sound professional and pleasing to your viewers. As a media group, we are obliged to every type of media available, including, but not limited to, video, audio, photography, and digital media marketing, as well as live streaming, and so much more. As we say here at CMG, the harder we work, the luckier we'll get. To jumpstart your podcast or program, go to clovercrestmedia.com and get to recording today.